Welcome to Dan Malloy's Personal Power Podcast. Get ready to up your communication and commitment game. Hear from those who have succeeded using Dan's program. And now, here's Dan Malloy. Boom! <laughs> How you doing, everybody? Uncle Dan here with another podcast. Don't you love that music? Coming into it? Amazing. I love it. Um, great. That was done by my my producer Billy, Billy Boy, who does a great job producing these things for a lot of people, for me too. And um, he's a great musician and guitar player, and um, he does that. Hey, listen, I, today we're I'm thrilled. I you know I like to talk with entrepreneurs. I like to talk with people that are making stuff happen in their life. I like to talk with shakers and movers. And I I, I have I have really have a shaker and a mover here today, Mr. Lane Bell who's the owner of a company called Bell Camper Sales, happens to be a, a, a relatively new client of mine. And um, really interesting business. And uh, we want to talk about the business. Um, and first, let me just introduce Lane and say, how are you, buddy? All the way from Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Doing great. Doing real great. Hey, let me let me just start this. So, how how long Bell Camper Sales? I mean, I was out there a few months ago, and it, you got this beautiful. How big is that new building you put up? Ah, uh, gosh, it is hundred by two hundred and thirty. So, uh, gosh, you know, I I don't I don't actually look at it that much. It's, it's twenty three thousand like, square feet. I was going to say over twenty thousand. It has to be over twenty thousand square feet. That's a big building. Big, beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. You did thank you. a great thank jo- you. a great job on it. It's too bad you can't get any campers to fill up the lot. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> that has been our biggest issue lately. I'm joking with you. I know, but you told me the other day that you're you're starting to get them. They're starting to come in now, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How long? Yep. How long have you? I know it's a family business. Just tell me when when did it start? Who started it? Sure. Yeah. My, uh, my grandpa actually started it in, uh, 1967. Wow. Um, they started in a little shop downtown by his house, little, little tiny office, one bay garage. They, uh, grandpa really liked the uh, truck bed campers and thought those were really cool and wanted to get a couple and sell them. Oh really? And that's 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 how we got started. In fact, we've got a picture up uh, by the front door. That's um, actually a picture of the first couple truck bed campers they bought when Grandpa got back. He actually drove up and got them himself. Had a trailer and drove up and brought them back. Nice. Um, so that's that's how we started. Um, what was he in? Was he now? How do you know how old he was when he started the business? Gosh, I would say. That's a good question, right? It's a good question. I, I don't really know. I'd have to go back in mid twenties, probably. Okay, and maybe what early twenties. What was he doing before that? I mean, what what led him? He just liked that. And he was just got this idea. I mean, he wanted to sell he went it. To I know he went. So when he came back from World War II, <laughs> um, he started working at an upholstery shop, and him and Grandma ran worked at an worked in an upholstery shop, then ran an upholstery shop for several years. Um, and they actually did that while they had their RVs at first, kind of before, you know, they sold those and things took off. They ran that for a while before selling RVs became lucrative enough that they didn't really need to do upholstery work anymore. So upholstery, what, like upholstery, like they used to do for cars, car seats and 
Exactly. Covers and exactly. All that. They did cars, chairs, sofas, stuff like that. Really? Wow. Pretty that was that was back when you actually reupholstered something instead of throw it away and get something new. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so then so, then your dad comes along. Your yeah. dad your, now your dad is an interesting guy. I didn't I wish I had gotten a chance to meet him, but uh, you know, because not, not only is he was he in the uh, RV business, but he had quite the musical career, didn't he? Well, that's right. Um, you know, he uh, he actually never really thought he'd come back and run bell camper sales. Um, he was um, always very talented musically. He played the saxophone. Um, really, he could play just about any any woodwind instrument, anything with a reed. Dad can play. <laughs> really? Um, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he had a pretty good professional career out in uh, around Reno, Lake Tahoe, uh, that area of Nevada when that was really going on. Um, so who did he play with? Tell, tell us. Tell us who, who, <laughs> he's got, who all the he's cats got, he played with. One of the most notable that everyone knows is uh, Sammy Davis Jr. He played with him several times on occasion. Right. Uh, Never got the opportunity to play with Frank Sinatra. Uh, I guess Frank Sinatra always brought his own band. Oh, but, okay. You know, there were, and there's a lot of other, and you know, I, I don't know them all. I, I, Dad would be much better. I, You know, that's starting to get before my time a little bit. But, uh, yeah, he played with a lot of uh, very well-known musicians in that area. Did he ever take you out on the road with him? Uh, no, actually, to tell you the truth, I I. I am what kind of ruined him and mom's good time. I think <laughs> when, when I came along, I'm, they moved back to Bartlesville when I was two. Uh, I think they kind of figured out that that wasn't a great lifestyle to raise a family and they kind of wanted to start a family. So they moved back home and started, uh, started in with bell camper sales and the family business. And we kind of went on from there. There you go. What was it like now? How old were you when you started working in the business? Um, I didn't start working full time in the business until I was about 10 years ago. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I mean, growing up, I was always around. I would work summers washing trailers or as I got older, you know, essentially as an, a tech assistant in the shop. Um, you know, things like that, but it wasn't really full-time. I, I went to, went to college. Um, after college, I worked at a, several other dealerships, um, in Memphis and in Dallas, just to get some experience outside of home, you know, see how someone else does it, work at a bigger dealership. Uh, what, RV, RV dealership? Yes. Yeah. Oh, RV wow. dealership. Okay, cool. Yep. Nice. Yeah, I, I worked at four different RV dealerships before I came back, moved back home and started back there. Nice. That's fabulous. Well, yeah, that was not, that was something me and dad kind of talked about that. I'm, I'm so glad that I did, you know, that gave me a whole lot of experience that I wouldn't have got otherwise. Cause all I had known up until then was just the way mom and dad did it. And, yeah. you know, yeah. just, making the assumption that that was the way everybody did it. Well, you go work for someone else and you realize, you know, there's things people do that 
may not be as good as mom and dad. There was a lot of things that people did that were better than the way mom and dad did. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. it really helped us. It really helped me open my eyes to, you know, the industry and what's all involved. With it. Well, I notice you're open to learning. I mean, this is one of the things I think that's really, really a good character trait for you. You're open for learning, and you want your. It appears to me you want your company, or your your team members to be open for learning and you're you're teaching them training them coaching them yeah which is fabulous I, one thing uh my dad has always said that will ring in my head forever is the seven words of a dying business are that's the way we've always done it. <laughs> right right and you know you it's the truth. If you stick to the way that's if that's the way you've always done it, then you know don't expect to get very far because you're never going to get anything more. What was it like? Now you you grew up in an interesting family. I mean, obviously your your grandfather and grandma were entrepreneurs, and your father, you know, would turn out. I mean, he, he a very creative guy. I mean, a professional musician. It's it's not easy to make a living as a professional musician as a musician period you know most yeah. people can't can't do that but he did that and then how were you raised i mean what was the did they imbue you with any philosophy about living your life um you know that's a good question something something that dad always told me was you know, he never pressured me to be a part of the business. I knew that he enjoyed it. Him and mom did it together since they moved back in 86. Right. Um, you know, and they both loved it. Um, but they never pressured me to do it. It was always something that they enjoyed doing. And if I wanted to, I could. And, you know, if I didn't, that was fine, too. Um, that's cool. And yeah, you yeah. know, not being, uh, uh, not being not, I guess not forced is not the right word to say, but pressured into the business. I, that was never something for me. And, you know, in hindsight, I think that helped me a lot. See the good side of being owning your own business and what that provides and what that entails. The challenges. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. Did they ever tell you you couldn't do anything? No. <laughs> That's interesting. No. I mean, there was obviously things that I tried that I was not good at growing up. You know, obviously as a child, you're, you're not, you get to the point where, look, I'm not going to be great at baseball, so I better quit playing baseball. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. Or, you know, things yeah. like that. But no, there, as far as, and I'm assuming that's what you're talking about is, you know, you can't look, you, football's too dangerous. You can't play football or, you know, that road trips too far to take. You can't do, you can't drive there with your friends or uh, I'm sure there were some things that they told me I couldn't do, but nothing, nothing major like that. Nothing major. Yeah, I mean, if you went to them with a, I got, I, I know I speak for myself. I always joke with my mom. Uh, she she died a few years ago, but up until the day she died, I would goof on her and I would just say, you know, there was never any su any parental supervision for me you know, <laughs> growing up. My they, parents were pretty were pretty open and let me 
do a lot of things and right. experience life. Experience things. It never told <clears> me <throat> I, I couldn't do anything. You know, I, I would always come yeah. to her with, uh, you know, cockamamie ideas. You know, like one, one summer where my buddy said, hey, let's go to this music and art festival. We're 18. And, uh, uh, you know, it was Woodstock, right? So we didn't know what we were getting into. And uh, she, she, all she ever told me was just be careful. Be careful. Yeah. <laughs> Have fun. Be careful. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. That was it. That's awesome. I didn't know you went to Woodstock. That's awesome. Yeah. My wife and I were watching a special on it the other day on TV. That's, that's really cool. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I tell you, I did on that topic, and this is something I, I've thought about since then. Since I came back to Bell Camper Sales and started working and being a part of, you know, National RVDA and some RV associations and stuff, I was always surprised at the amount of people that I would tell them, okay, well, yeah, I'm third generation. My grandpa started, you know, I, you kind of talk about where you are, how you, things about your dealership at these events. And people would say, I, I was always surprised how, how the gall, I guess, of some people that would say, oh, well, you know, the third generation is usually the one that ruins it. And they, they would say that to me. Yes, right. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. I, you know, at first I kind of was like, well, who are you? <laughs> right. But then I kind of got to where, you know what? I liked hearing that. Cause that was, that was motivation for me to, well, I'm going to prove, I'm going to prove that wrong. Well, I think having gotten to know you over the last few months, I, I think you're a guy that's actively engaged, actively looking for ways to improve the business, you know? And, and, and so I, I've also have run into family businesses, you know, where you've got the third generation and the business is doing so well that the third generation is just, you know, won the Golden Spoon Award. I think this is what people are re referring to potentially. And, uh, and, and they, don't they, they don't have that entrepreneurial spirit. They don't have that entrepreneurial drive. They're not trying yeah. to make anything happen, Do you know. But it appears to me that you really are. I mean, you're engaged and you're, 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 you're trying to help help uh, you know educate and teach yeah. and train and coach your to, staff and improve the business me, and you have some big goals i mean that's the yeah. other thing to me that's the fun to me that's the fun of a business is how how good can i make it how 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 can i improve this how can i make it better yes and that's a never ending pursuit you're never going to make it perfect it's never going to be perfect <laughs> but it's fun to see how far you can get and what's yeah. the biggest challenge? What's the, what do you think has been now you've been doing this for 10 years? What do, what do you think the biggest challenge is right now in, in uh, growing your company? In our, our company specifically? Yeah. Yeah. Um, right now. And we are, we're, we're essentially there now. The hardest part is moving to this new facility, especially we switched to really having a different kind of management structure. You know, when I came back and first started working, it was, you know, I was the service manager, the parts manager and the service writer and the warranty, you know, you, you wear tons of hats. You did it all. And as, yeah. you get, as you get bigger, you have to have a sales manager that, you know, he's the manager of the salesman. And I'm a little more hands off, and the sales manager is the one that's in charge of managing the the salesman. 
likewise with the service manager and the parts manager and the, you know, so on and so forth. So developing that management structure of a larger company has been the biggest change, the biggest hurdle to leap over for us as a company as we've gotten bigger over the past couple of years. To grow from being a mom and pop shop into a real (laughs) company with different departments and yeah, and it's easier when it's you and the, you're just in control of everything and you've got, you know, four technicians that you're in charge of and you tell them what to go do and they go do it. You know, that's. Tell me about your family. You, you, you have kids, don't you? I do. I have uh, my son, Brooks. He he's three. He'll be four in March. So, uh, yeah, we're we're getting him out camping, going to the lake having a lot of fun. He's getting to that age now where it's, it's a blast to go out. He loves it. We have some friends that we take RVs out with and we'll go to different lakes around and we enjoy it. How we big, how it. big an RV do you tra- you tow? <laughs> Not as big as you'd think, you know, to tell you the truth, we've got a, it's a 28 foot bunkhouse, which I don't, bigger is nice. But at the same time, I like one that's a little bit smaller, that's easier to pack, easier to hook up to and tow. And we can be hooked up to it, hitting the road real fast. It's, you know, I can, uh, it's easy. It's easier. You know, it's funny. It's a little easier. It's, it's funny. Yeah, it could be easier. I, I, I have a client down in uh, Delaware and <laughs> Bill Schreider. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. He has a radio show you, that we dial into out of, uh, uh, Delaware. He does every uh, not every Saturday. Uh, once once a once a month on a Saturday he does a talk show. But anyway, Bill Bill has a big forty three foot diesel pusher, right? <laughs> beautiful, yeah. beautiful yeah. bus, right? It, absolutely gorgeous. Relatively new. It's only a couple of years old. Then on the back of that, he hooked up a uh, he he tows a jeep mm-hmm. that so for when he's driving around. And then behind that, he tows a motor. He tows a, a trailer with a motorcycle. Oh. So this oh, thing, yeah. this thing is like seventy feet long. When you look, he just <laughs> he just sent me a yep. picture of it, and I cracked up. I just said, "I said, Bill, how do you back that up?" He goes, "You don't." <laughs> you gotta, That's exactly right. <laughs> you got to plan your moves, you know. And, uh, <laughs> I, I think most guys, I think it's a guy thing, really. What what percentage yeah. of the 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 buyers are men versus women in your business? I'm just curious. You know, I would say it's getting real close to 50-50. Really? It is, wow. it is a little bit more men, but not by much. You see more and more women buying. And this past year in particular, traveling – uh, hospital personnel, nurses, registered nurses, really? or something like that, that will buy an RV and it's just them by themselves. They've got a truck. They've got their travel trailer. They travel around to different hospitals and doing what I'm not hundred percent sure. I, some of them have explained it to me and I don't quite understand, but they travel around from hospital to hospital working. Um, they live out of their RV and they love it. And that's, it's, that's, it's just them. Yeah, that's interesting. Interesting. So, uh, what, what yeah, are, I mean, it, what do you see? 
or is like that's an interesting interesting trend. And you know, I I get a kick out of you see these big RVs, obviously, right? The big ones, like you have a fairly large one, and then they have bigger ones. Then you see these tiny little things, you know, that that you could tow with a Volkswagen. You know, I mean, they're just they're sure. so so small. What do they call those? Um. Oh. Teardrop trailers are probably some of the smallest ones. Those are the ones that essentially have just a bed. They're a little bitty small. Gosh, some of those you can tow with a motorcycle. Um, <laughs> yeah. A great thing I will say about the RV industry is they've done a good job making RVs for everyone. You know, there's for every use. There's people, mainly we see people, you know, come in by a, We've got 40-foot fifth wheels, 43-foot fifth wheels that people will buy and take park, park out at a lake. And that's essentially their lake house, and that's how they treat it. And if they want to go to a different lake next year or rent another spot somewhere, you know, it stays in one spot. It doesn't move a whole lot. Okay. And some, some people will take 40-foot fifth wheels and pull them all over the country. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's pipeliners that work on the road that will haul a 40 foot fifth wheel wherever the job takes them. And that's their house, their home on wheels. You know, there's a lot of, um, and I, I hope I'm not typecasting anyone when I say this, I'm just speaking in generalities, you know, it's not one size. What am I trying to say? It's not just one, one type of person that buys one type of RV. Right. Um, but you, you know, you see there's a lot of, uh, older couples that are retiring and want just a something smaller that's they can tow around and go stay at uh, their, they just really need a bed and a bathroom. They're going to go see their grandkids that live in Colorado, the other ones in Arizona and the other ones in Michigan. I, you know, I'm just, and they travel around a whole lot and that they use their RV for that. And there's just so many, the list goes on and on and on of uses that record, you know, would be, better suited for this lifestyle or that lifestyle. And people are mobile. I mean, I, I have a buddy, yeah. buddy of mine that went through a divorce. He, he got out of the marriage, sold his house, and he bought himself a 22-foot, uh, I guess you call it an RV. It's, a, it's, a, you know, it's on a, a sprinter chassis, I think. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he lives out of that, and he's driving all over the south now. And he's a consultant, so he does his business from the – yeah. From his uh, RV, you know, and uh, I tell you, I I took one, and I, I, for me, I always had, I always wanted to do this. So one one uh, summer, I rented a, a thirty four foot RV. Uh, I forget what what make it was, but it was a, it was a gas engine, and uh, the engine was up front. It wasn't a great RV. Let me put it this way. I, but I didn't know. I was a, I was a rookie. It didn't have a whole heck of a lot of power, but I drove it from. Uh, from uh, uh, my home in New Jersey, and I drove down to Chattanooga where I did a triathlon. I did a race down there, and then I, I drove. It was like a, a two-week trip, and I spent – anyway, it was a lot of fun. I made every mistake. Yeah. I made absolutely every mistake a, <laughs> a rookie could make. I drained all the batteries in Chattanooga, and I'm sitting there, and I had no sure. power. I couldn't turn on the – I, it wouldn't start up. I couldn't. I had to get AAA to come out and give me a jump, jump start. Me. Sure, sure. That's, and you know that's almost part of the lifestyle. You go, you go around to these different campgrounds all over the place and talk to people, and you'll find out that's a way a lot of people 
start initiate a conversation with somebody, they'll start telling stories about RV because you've got something in common and everybody makes those mistakes. The first time you go out, everybody's got a story about, uh-huh. you know, this or that, or I dumped my tanks on the ground on accident or yeah, I ran my battery down in a quick trip parking lot, gas station parking lot, or, you know, and I was stranded here or stranded there. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a cool community. Yeah, no, it was nice. I, I remember I, since I was I was going to race, I uh, called up the city of Chattanooga and told them I was coming down and I, I needed a place. And they they bagged three meters for me right downtown Chattanooga, and I pulled right up. The spot was reserved, and it was like 400 feet from the uh, start of the race. Wow, that's me. awesome. Yeah, well, yeah. it could, couldn't have been any better yeah. from that perspective. But And mm-hmm. the other thing I enjoyed about it was – you know, especially being a man in my 60s, you know, it was nice to have a portable bathroom with me wherever <laughs> I went. You know, yeah. That was a yeah. bonus. But it was, oh, yeah. it, it, was, it was a trip to be able to uh, pull over, look on, a, on uh, you know, your GPS and find a camp, campground or a campsite or something and, and just pull over. I remember I was coming back up and I, I, I had to go for a business meeting somewhere in Virginia and I was early. So... I had about four hours to kill, so I pulled into a, a park, pulled in the parking lot, went for a run along the trails in the park, came back, took a shower, and went to the meeting. You know, it was like really a lot of fun like that, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure, definitely. So tell me about um, uh, what, do you, what do you think the biggest challenge – now, you got a four-year-old – what, is, mm-hmm. what do you think the biggest challenge is for children growing up? Now, you're a dad. I'm, my kids are raised, right? They're grown. But you're just starting out. What do you think the biggest challenge is that you have when that you're, that you're raising a child four years old going into this world that we live in? Oh, man. Wow. That's a, that's a good question. That's, um, that's why I'm asking it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest challenges, you know, it's hard to look into the future too far without losing sight of what's in front of you. Um, you know, obviously with all of the pandemic stuff going on, that's, that's in my head a lot and how that might, I try to not let as much of that affect us as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, as far as raising my son, I, I wouldn't say that I tried I'm going to try and give him the things that I didn't have. Um, cause I feel like I was blessed. I, I didn't have a whole lot, but I was, I had a great, I had a good family life, a good childhood, I would say. And I'm just trying not to make too many mistakes along the way as I kind of, make my family tell you the truth. That's mainly my focus is to make sure Brooks has a good of a childhood as, as I did. Um, try and try not mess up too bad. I guess you could say when, um, when I look at it, if I was in your shoes, I remember when I had my daughter, she's 31 now, but I, I, I she was in the nursery and I turned to my aunt and I said, okay, aunt Peg, now what? <laughs> they don't come with an instruction manual. <laughs> yeah. do, do you know what I mean? They just well, don't. They don't. So I, I mean, what I, 
Go ahead. Yeah. What were we going to say? Brooks being three, he's at that age now where he's kind of a sponge. So anything he hears you say, he's going to repeat. So maybe that's why I'm focused on watching what I say, what, you know, how, you know, he experiences adult life, I guess you could say. Does well, I, that make I, sense? I think given my background and talking about language and communication and everything, I, I, I think that for what it's worth, the most important thing that we can do for our, our kids is to teach them the importance of uh, giving and keeping their word. And, and if, if they grow up, if they grow up and go into, you know, their teenage years and, you know, young adolescent years and then teenage years and all that, and they have a sense of their own personal power, that's the best you could hope for. Because you, you don't know what sure. they're going to be confronted with in life, you know. But if, they, if, they're, if they're in touch with their power and they're, they're not immobilized when they're confronted with things, yeah. You know, that yeah. They can move. They can take action. They don't they don't have to cower in the corner. They don't have to shrink from the responsibility. They can say, okay, they get they get hit with something that's pretty bad, but they can regroup and say, okay, here's what I'm gonna do. This is how I'm gonna I'm gonna handle this. They well, have power question. they have power, you know, in, in the Yeah. World. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. To so, know that you can well see your way out of any problem. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yes. Yes. Absolutely. Because yeah, it, it, it's like bring it on. Bring it on. Bring on the problem. Mm -hmm. Uh listen, we're going to take we're going to take a, a a 2 minute break right now and uh we'll come back and we're going to wrap up this wonderful uh conversation we're having with Mr. Lane Bell. So stay tuned everybody. We'll be right back. Malloy Sales Development turns companies into commitment-based operations and their employees into commitment-based people because commitment for human beings is the foundation for everything. And in business, it's mission critical because the only time commerce happens in any company is when commitments are exchanged internally among employees and externally with customers and vendors. Visit us at www.malloysales.com. Boom. I love that music. I said that before. Hey, we're back again with Mr. Lane Bell. And I, I want, Lane, this is your opportunity, buddy, right now to, to declare... To the, to the world, whoever's going to hear this, and this is going to go out all over, actually, it might end up in RV, Mag RV Pro Magazine. <laughs> Who knows? But here's, here's what I want you to do. Just, just if you could just kind of share what your vision is for your business for the next year, next two years. Like that, sure. Where do you want to take it? Um, my vision for Bell Camper Sales um, – is is growth i mean we're in the rv industry is in a great spot right now i know it's not always going to be there but while it is while it is here um i'm trying to grow the business as, as best i can um give us the staying power we need to make it through the bad years okay um, you know um what do, why Training. do you think the, why do you think it's been so good over the past year or so? Um, or gosh, years. you could you could ask a hundred people and get a hundred different answers. Um, 
our in part is due to the infrastructure the, the that it's camping RVing has been around um, banking and interest rates uh, play a big portion of that mm-hmm. um, here recently the uh, whole pandemic situation has you know, open people's eyes to RVing and how it can be a good way to take a vacation amongst all of this and still be safe. Nice. Um, yes. Powerful. So, you know, um, it's, it's grown a lot and I'm, we're trying to grow with it. Um, well, you, know, you're, at, you seem to be in right, the right place at the right time, which is, it's yeah, good, you know, you do. And we are fortunate. We're lucky. Of course, to some degree, you do create your own luck. You know, if you're, if you train right, you are in the right position. And, uh, you know, when an opportunity comes along and you're able to take, take advantage of it. Yeah. It seems real lucky, but really you'd been training for it. You'd been set up for it. You were ready for this opportunity to come along. Well, of course you're going to be able to take advantage of it. Yes, and you have you have the uh, a fabulous attitude. You got a good crew out there too. Yeah, you know, so yeah, and you know, building building on that is what I is what I'm really focusing on. We've uh, outgrew our old location and have built a new one. And my goal is to outgrow this one. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm thrilled. Listen, I think we can end it right there. I love that sentiment. You want to outgrow this one, and I know you're going to do it. You got the right attitude, and uh, so I'm thrilled for you. I'm thrilled to, to be working with you, and uh, and I look forward to helping you, supporting your efforts and your vision to grow the business and uh, and take over, take over that entire market. You know, so hey, listen, it's been great having you yes. here, um, and and I thank you. So no, thank you for having me on the show, Dan. I I really appreciate it. You're welcome, my friend. Have a great weekend. All right. You do the same. All righty. Be good. Uh, See you later. Bye-bye.